Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What are you talking about, a podcast? What's a podcast? Is that like a, a radio show or something like that? It, who's this Adam guy always hanging out with? Didn't you say he's older than you are? Don't you have any friends your age? You make any money off your little show? Conspiraformal? Oh, conspiranormal. What's that supposed to mean? Is that a real word? Welcome back to Conspiranormal. What's up, Luke? It's been a little while. Not that I haven't seen you all day. Well, you know, it's uh, been a bunch going on, man. Bunch. Yeah. So what's been going on? And uh, fill our listeners in to everything. What's been going on with you? Still hanging out with my degenerate buddies. and <laughs> My degenerate buddies. <laughs> uh, I went, uh, I told you I went camping on um, Percy Priest, so it was real nice. It was peaceful, nice view and everything. Nice to be out on the water. Got to go out on the boat, and the uh, water was too choppy, so I couldn't really fish. Uh, partying, you know, same old, same old. Partying. Partying get, hard. Getting kicked out of bars. and uh, Yeah, get getting in a fight. Well not, well, not me. I didn't get in a fight. My friend did, but I was there to back him up. So what do you think about this whole North Korea situation? I think that uh, it's only a matter of time before we... I mean, I'm, I'm sure that America's trying to piss them off. They're trying to do anything they can to make them make the first move so that they can get the military to sympathize, you know. Yeah, I, I have no love for North Korea. I think that they're, they're a crazy regime. They really treat their people really poorly with yeah. all their, their like, multi-generational prison camps. And, Ridiculous propaganda that you need yeah. to, to mention on this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's propaganda video out there of uh, that's translated that shows... Everyone in the United States being homeless, and uh, I guess some scenes from uh, 
was a Hurricane Sandy when that came in. Yeah, or just some Superstorm Sandy, as it's called. Just some random footage of some bums in New York or something. And And they were they were talking about uh, how uh, the North Koreans were talking about how that uh, you know people in the United States eat birds that are off the trees because uh, we're so poor. North Korean journalists are coming over there and just helping everybody out. The North (laughs) Korean camera crew was giving them food and And North Korean coffee. Yeah, just really bizarre. And then there's the the videos that they've been putting out where they like played "We Are the World" as it showed them the bombing uh, Washington D.C. Don't forget the nuclear weapon. <laughs> don't forget uh, that we eat snow and we're all vagrant right. homosexuals. We eat snows. Yeah, we're all vagrant homosexuals. Yeah. <laughs> there was another one that they had was uh, uh, talking about uh, debauched celebrities and how they're uh, <laughs> and. It just like and some of it like I actually agreed with, but <laughs> which was odd. But uh, you know, I have no uh, no love for the North Koreans, and certainly you know this guy Kim Jong Un, Kim Jong Un, who, who is the uh, the successor to Kim Jong Il and the son and the uh, the grandson of the uh, first Kim Kim Il Sung. Everybody knows that, dude. Yeah, no, no, people may not know that. You <laughs> never know. You remember about a history lesson, man. And, um, but anyway, I think he's just trying to prove himself that he can actually lead. He probably has uh, pressure from people in, uh, like, the military, which is very strong. You know, the military that they can barely feed. And so, but I, I find it funny that... Well, all that stuff is going on and all this rhetoric's coming out from the North Koreans that we're still not stopping, like, the um, the exercises that we're doing with the South Koreans, you know? I mean, talk about making a provocation even worse. Right. You know? Yeah. And I have heard uh, on another podcast uh, a couple guys talking about how possibly what Kim Jong-un wants to do is is that he really wants, like, a a definitive treaty with South Korea. Because the war over there never really ended. When you have an armistice, that doesn't mean, that, that just means like there's a cessation in hostilities. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not really a peace treaty. Until there's next no time. Peace treaty. <laughs> yeah, until next time. <laughs> which continued. we could be coming up on next time if right. things keep going the way they are. But uh, I think that we kind of, or the United States and South Korea, are really kind of have made things worse. And, I mean, they, they can't hit us with a nuclear weapon. Uh, you know, there's a worry that they could cause, like, an EMP effect and all this kind of stuff. And I think a lot of that's kind of more propaganda, too. Yeah. For, like, neoconservative propaganda. But, you know, it's just something that bears to be watched. Maybe we can get, like, Kim Jong-un on the show, you know, come in and talk about it. Right, yes. Learn some pre- <laughs> Does he know English? I, he may. I don't know. He was hanging out with Dennis Rodman right, before yeah. all this st- all this started. And I doubt so. Dennis Rodman knows Korean, so yeah, probably not. I mean, they will. I mean, they have interpreters, right? He's gonna talk about you know the the eating birds in New York City. <laughs> they eat birds and eat them from the tree. Out of all the people, <laughs> he chooses a basketball star to be his friend. Well, he's yeah. into basketball. Oh, gotcha. it's like something he's into. Oh, okay, yeah. And I love how everybody like defers to the guy as a kid too. That's another thing that I found kind of weird on like the coverage. Like CNN is mostly what I've been looking at, and uh, 
They refer to him as a kid, but the guy's like 30 years old. Like, he's older than you. Kim you Jong-un. <laughs> yeah, Kim Jong-un. He's like 30. Call him a kid? Yeah, they call him a kid. They call him a child. Like, like he's a kid, you know. So you get this this impression of the guy like he's like really, you know, inexperienced like a child. But the guy's like 30, you know. So he's a weird-looking dude anyway. And I've seen all the memes that are out there on Facebook of them looking at through the binoculars and all that stuff. Chuck Norris is, saw, is yeah. carrying his M16. Oh, we saw in. that today, yeah. And, uh, well, you know, turning to... Uh, things about the show uh, we gotten some Facebook likes which is awesome mm-hmm. keep them coming yeah I mean yeah we would take this opportunity to uh, thank all of our listeners for sticking with us and yeah really I, yeah, I think, you guys I think are we, awesome I think we've started to get some some listeners and which we have a listener coming on the show his name is Devin Byrne and he's coming on the show tonight and he actually sent me an email and asked me uh, about uh, you know coming on to the show, and I think he's got some interesting things that he's going to talk about. I don't really know what to expect, man, about this. Right, so, and I, I do because my family's from that same sort of background, like the new age stuff. Yeah, and, and, and but my, he could have a whole totally different, you know, well, uh, idea about it. I mean, yeah, but even even though. Um, People that are spiritualist and New Agers uh, have like all these different beliefs, you know, just based on individual yeah. preferences or whatever. There's, st- I can still see a theme among them. Sure, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, it's kind of like you know any other. Well, I hesitate to call it a religion because it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a bunch of beliefs put together. Exactly. Like New yeah. Age, really. Exactly. Is, it's just like is whatever arching term. Whatever feels right to that individual person becomes a part of their belief system or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we go? My mom hates being called a New Age. <laughs> pisses her off. Yeah, does it? <laughs> She's like, I'm not into New Age. We should get your mom on the show. <laughs> yeah, we've we talked about that before. Long time we ago, had your yeah. brother on. I don't even think she listens to the show at all. <laughs> she needs to listen. <laughs> Maybe her computer's too slow. Luke's mom, you need to listen. Come on, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, come on, we're getting hundreds of downloads. Mom and grandma, yeah, hundreds of downloads. If you're not even listening to your own son, <sighs> try to make her feel guilty. Give her the guilt trip. <laughs> Give it to her. Stick it to her. Yeah. Well, you know, for all the Chris fans, Chris isn't here. Just gonna <laughs> throw that out. That's all. I want a Chris T-shirt. I, I do too. Like it was this face on it. <laughs> it's got like a question mark on it. <laughs> just just says next president. <laughs> Absolutely. But for Chris, maybe he'll be here next week. You never know. I know that uh, he's uh, he's got his fans out there. So. Right. Well, I think uh, that about covers it. Kind of like the stuff, but I think we'll have we should have plenty to, to speak of on the other side of the interview. So we will go ahead and we will go to Devin Byrne, and uh, this should be interesting, and uh, we'll be right back on Conspiranormal. All right, we're back on Conspiranormal, and uh, Luke's still sitting here once again, (laughs) and uh, we have on the line Devin J. Byrne, and uh, he has come to, he actually emailed us about coming on to the show. And uh, I was very happy about just uh, getting an getting an email from some from a listener 
much less someone that yeah, so uh, right, wanted to come on to our show. Right so. off the rip, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thank you for uh, allowing me to come on. So. And you had sent me uh, your bio here, and I just kind of want to go go through this, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about it. And uh, this is the bio. It says, uh, Devin J. Byrne was raised Mormon, born in Ohio, and moved to Utah with his eight siblings. Around age eight, he first recognized people died when he started seeing his stillborn brother at night. At 12, he first started having dual-way conversations with God and first learned how to meditate. While attending massage school at 18, he had his first conscious OBE and started seeing auras. He became fascinated with energy work and reached Reiki master status before the age of 20. In the midst of studying A Course in Miracles, Devin's metaphysical experiences increased to an expected daily occurrence. From channeling to disappearances to recalling past lives, he became obsessed with healing and started traveling with complete trust in divine providence. Recently, at 27, Devin participated in recognition of his birth, his conception, and the nirvana of the indescribable light. There, he was given an opportunity to leave his body behind, which he did not take. Now, Devin is equipped with an awareness of multiple dimensional arenas and ability to convey them with a unique outlook. At a very young age, he was told his wires were crossed, though he quickly realized dyslexia and ADHD, and those are in quotes, were actually perspectives waiting and ready to empower. Wow, that's pretty good. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, Devin, I just want to talk about, you know, that's kind of an outline, but I uh, kind of want to hear a little bit of detail about some of this. Uh, you know, you were raised Mormon. You'd moved to Utah when, with eight siblings. That's got to be crazy. Um, yeah. And around, around age eight, you know, you first recognized people died, and you started seeing your stillborn brother at night. What, what was going on there? Well, I did not realize it until much later on, about when I was 18, that I was actually seeing someone that was not there. I didn't realize that he, uh, it, was, it was almost like a dark image. I was on a bunk bed with, and my brother was on the bottom, and um, I remember seeing, you know, uh, this, I don't know, around 10 years old uh, child that's around 10 in the dark, and I remember being very emotional and I always loved like how to say it I, I always loved like family uh, songs and stuff and I would realize because being Mormon and everything they they love to enforce this family thing and uh, and and I would always sing this song uh, you know families can be together forever is what it's called and at that time I would I would really see that and I, I didn't realize until I was eight that I was actually told about my brother. And it was then I put it together and, well, I put it together later that it was him. Uh, and it was pretty profound to just realize that he was even around me. And even later, when I started really practicing around 18, my psychic abilities and everything, uh, I, I was going to a psychic and, and my brother came to him and was telling him that he was guided me along this journey and going in this practice he he came brought up a, a story about 
some kids being stuck in the snow in a car and an angel coming and helping them home and all this stuff without going into the details of that story. Uh, and he said that my brother brought me that story and, and I was, had confirmed with him that, yeah, that's definitely, uh, that was the first book that I actually read <laughs> that got me really going into this realm and really stretching my mind beyond the Mormon church. And the Mormon church frowns upon uh, psychic activity and, and you know, dabbling in any realm that, you know, if it's not in the scriptures, don't go there, you know, kind of thing. I can imagine <laughs> that that was probably something that was, uh, was that something that was kind of hard for you to uh, reconcile at that age? Yeah, you know, I didn't know how to deal with it. I really, I, I was really out of it. Like, I was a child. I remember everything going around really fast and being in this world. Everything moved really fast. And I realize now I, that's because I was running around all the time. Um, oh, well, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, I have a sister that also, we had an experience together. She didn't doesn't really either believe me or understand that I saw as well, I saw my brother sitting by us one time, and uh, she saw him as well. And and I pretty much nodded, thinking it's completely normal. You know, I didn't. <laughs> and she she knew that it wasn't normal, and she knew, you know, I did, I don't know. I don't being know. that being that he was uh, stillborn, uh, I mean, did you see like a uh, like a normal child? Yeah. Was he kind of more the same age you were, or uh, he just kind of looked just like you? I mean, you could tell. There's obviously that he was a that he was a brother. Yeah, he was stillborn, so he never really reached the age of right. ten. But that's where it seemed like he looked around the age of ten years old. Um, and I'm assuming uh, from that, without actually going in communication further into it, um, that. That's the age that he, you know, preferred to be at. Huh. And I know now that he's not around me um, as much as he was. Okay. And I feel that's because I, I don't exactly need his help. And he's helping, I, I believe, my sister and possibly going on to another life. Who knows? Huh. But this uh, other line here about uh, that you, had, you started having dual way conversations with God. Uh, yeah. That's pretty interesting, <laughs> and you're like 12 years old at this point. Uh, yeah. How did I mean, you I, start having conversations with God? I have no idea, really. Um, it just kind of started happening, and I well, to get into real the real details about all of it, uh, yeah. I was you know discovered myself as I you know most young men do, and uh, you know in the Mormon Church feeling all guilty about my, you know, uh, urge to masturbate and, and, you know, uncontrollably and you can't seem to figure it. And, and the church is telling me I can't, I shouldn't be doing that and that I have to, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I so I felt really extremely guilty and every time. And so I, I was, it brought me to my knees and I was begging and praying and, and as I was taught, that's what I should do. And that would help me through it. And <laughs> it started opening up a gateway to literally I would 
I would ask questions and fall asleep asking questions and and I would start waking up or uh, I would just start hearing words or something and I would get answers to these questions and I I have this like little journal um, full of quotes that uh, were coming to me at that time mm-hmm. and it was of course in my understanding that it was whatever God is and you know at the time I thought he was a body outside of myself and I quickly came to realize um, I can share one quote off the top of my head I just call them quotes because they're nice and short like my attention span um, mine too <laughs> yeah and there was uh, it was be not afraid my son for I am with thee and I will always be with thee until thee are with me and you, when you first hear that, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> and I realized that the only thing that really changes in the realizing that God is with you is your perception. And that he is always with you because truly, honestly, he can't leave your presence. And just like you can't leave his, even though it seems like we are, it seems like we, we have, it seems like we do, you know, he's right there waiting to be recognized it doesn't matter if he's recognized or not you can say he doesn't exist or not exist but it doesn't matter he just accepts you as you are he accepts you as a non-believer he accepts you as a believer he accepts he loves everything and so i really just started i don't know i mean i could have easily been delusional i could have easily been i don't know crazy and yet I continued to have this urge to just trust it and to just trust that it's not being made up, that I'm not really going crazy, that I was just made this way. I was made uh, has, with unique gifts like we all are. And, you know, I'm talking with God, I mean, what the hell is that? <laughs> so would you say that uh, after you had started listening that you were kind of like led astray from Mormonism or, or do you still keep some of the Mormon beliefs or are you in, in a, a new like an entirely different belief system yeah it's a definitely a long story but uh, at first it, it enhanced my beliefs in it because that's what I knew as far as anything with God and it, it, he was speaking to me with uh, you know the terms the Christian terminology um, you know saying you know son and God and using these words or whatever mm-hmm. and um, I definitely got really strong into the church and to a point where I was studying it and starting to see that I was interpreting the, the scriptures and I was interpreting them much different than everybody else was and not entirely but to a point where it's like well no he's actually saying something much more profound to me than what somebody else could convey with the same words and then when I did get into massage therapy school and got into Reiki, uh, my dad definitely expressed that that would be going into the realm of satanic rituals or whatever, um, because it is a healing power that they have in the church, uh, but only men perform the priesthood blessings. And with Reiki... Uh, if you know anything about Reiki, there uh, women can perform it just as well, if not better, than men, and um, and so they 
my dad was expressing feelings of frowning upon that, and that's when it definitely started breaking away. Uh, I realized that my beliefs and having that out-of-body experience, it, it literally, I mean, it just like, whoa, my life, this, it is completely different now. I, <laughs> I cannot confine myself to this box right. of the church. And I, I just had to expand. And in fact, uh, I had a blessing in the church at the time um, that told me to look into books of wor- books of wisdom and to find and and to not be afraid of them. And that that but trusting that as well, I was willing to look into books outside of the church, even though most people are not. And it did. I, I'm the only, well, there's two, three maybe, two of us really that uh, out of the eight kids um, that have left the church. And now currently I'm actually going through a, a, ch- a type of channeling that seems to be coming to me. And um, there's some translating happening. I'm actually getting an understanding of the church that it's like translating in a way that it seems like it was meant to be which i don't know if i want to go preaching that to the mormon church so when you when you say you're getting an understanding of the church you're kind of specifically talking about the mormon the mormon well church. if you know anything about yes definitely the mormon church um because it's it's kind of what i was raised uh have you heard anything about the 10 dimensions and the 10 dimensional universe uh it's very similar to that there's actually a thing in the church called the plan of salvation where they're trying to explain to the members that how they go through a you know like we came to this body and then we we have to be righteous people and then we can go to spiritual prison and or spiritual paradise so and then like go to these kingdoms doctors. and all this stuff and and without going into the details it's been explaining to me that this is a natural progression of of what we are all going through and it is not the mormon church specifically that will help us to go on um actually time is actually a spiritual prison and uh (laughs) there's a whole lot to it there's a whole lot to it that we can get into but we don't need to do that necessarily right you mentioned in your bio about the uh, outer body experience uh at what age was that and what exactly happened yeah, it was around 18. Uh, I can't give you a specific date or anything, but uh, I just woke up one day and I was inches from the ceiling and I didn't have the bunk bed anymore. And so I, <laughs> you know, I was probably three or four feet above my body and I didn't know what was going on. And there was this rushing noise, uh, like a, a, a white noise, like shh. Um, kind of rounded like if you put a seashell over your ear mm-hmm. and uh, then I looked I, I was able to turn my head or whatever it was over to see the window and I realized the window was below me and as the instant I realized what was going on I was back in my body it was probably if I put it in a time frame it was lasted about two seconds but it was pretty amazing and I, I jumped down into my body and just like literally bounced and and I tried for quite a while I started studying the out of body experiences reading a few books and and from that point I actually had a series of out of body experiences probably about 
I would say 20 of them now. Yeah. What have you seen in your out of body of experiences? What kind of like an example of one of them? Well, about 90% of them I stayed in the room um, okay. where I was comfortable. And uh, one time I actually even went, like my mother was waking me up at the time, uh, knocking on the door, and I remember going and answering the door, and she wouldn't respond to me. And then I, I woke up again, but this time it was actually in my body, and I went and answered the door, and I'm like, I just answered the door. I, I, <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. Um, another time I do remember... Uh, flying out over the street and watching cars drive like uh, as if I was um, sitting on a uh, street lamp and and it almost seemed illuminated like I was on the street lamp and I and I've had partial out-of-body experiences uh, where like especially with Reiki practice I almost I can't say I perfected this but I I <laughs> seem to do it every now and then like literally where have you seen the matrix i'm yeah. sure you guys have you know the second matrix where he, trinity dies and her heart stops right oh. and he he actually like make puts his hand into her chest it's kind of like that <laughs> and he Makes like sense. grabs the heart and pumps it like I, i've had experiences specifically with the out of body uh, idea where the I could pull my arm out of my physical arm, whatever the spiritual arm that it could be. Um, right. And, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. It's definitely an experience that you just can't really understand until you experience it. What's, uh, you mentioned, too, about, uh, you know, in the midst of studying The Course in Miracles... Uh, you're having um, metaphysical experiences almost daily. Yeah. And some of those are channeling, which I want to talk about a little later. And yeah. uh, disappearances, and we're calling yeah. past lives. What do you mean by disappearances? Yeah, I had to throw that in there. Um, the, specifically, the first time when it happened, we were in a circle, and it was a Course in Miracles group. And we sat a chair in the middle of the room and we wanted to look at this chair and we wanted to attempt to forgive what we know of this chair and just let go of our ideas of what we think it might be and and you know you don't really know what you're doing with that when you, you say those terms and so I was just like okay I forgive you chair I let you go I don't know what you're for I don't know what you to do I don't know what you are and I was just trying to say, I have no idea what this chair is, instead of confining my idea to thoughts of chair. You know, what a chair is for, what you do with it, how you hold it, whatever, you know. And then we asked the chair, or it wasn't a chair at that point, to just say, show me yourself. And literally, this chair started fluttering out of existence to my eyes, to my perception. Who knows if it was really, because nobody else saw this. It was just my crazy insanity. And I could see through the back of the chair, the legs on the other side, because we were in a circle, and and the legs of the chair. But the seat of the chair, I felt like I couldn't let go of the ideas that I, I could sit in this chair. And the seat of the chairs never disappeared. But the legs 
and the back of the chair literally fluttered for about five minutes. It was pretty amazing. Wow. And then since then, I've played with it a few times, and I've had lamps uh, seem to flutter out, and I've I've had experiences where I thought body parts disappeared, uh, but <laughs> who knows? They're, they're always there when I go check for them. So, so you're kind of breaking down, uh, rather than being a physical object, breaking it down into more of like an etheric energy that's, that's shared, and from that point, uh, yeah. manipulating it. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good way of saying it. How, in my understanding of it, uh, I believe the world is a complete illusion, mm. and it's all in my mind. And if I have these ideas in my mind that I think are a world, that I'm taking these ideas and, like that specific one about the chair, and I take that idea and I try and actually eliminate it out of the mind. And I call it forgiveness, like the Course of Miracles calls it. And try and just allow it to see what happens. I, I don't know if I'm specifically actually manipulating anything. Uh, I, I'm, I would say I'm letting go of something. My yeah. belief in it, maybe. I see. I see. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're just as right as I am. It's all made-up shit anyway, dude. So... <laughs> Uh, well, you uh, you were just talking about the second part of that question too, um, the past lives. Yeah, past lives. Oh, I was on a Vipassana meditation course, which I recommend for everyone, like anyone. And you know, they're a donation basis uh, program, completely nonprofit. So uh, I don't know if it. Anyway, they have a ten day meditation course, and it was my first day, uh, first meditation course, and. I started hearing sounds and getting familiar with my, you know, internal teacher uh, and the same teacher that was teaching me at 12, if it was God, if it was spirit, I still call it spirit. And I asked spirit, well, what is this, what is this sound, this ringing in my ear, it seemed like, and it was a low thing, and this clearly said, this is the sound of everything. And it, I realized then, oh yeah, it is familiar. It it is, sounds like the ohm sound, ohm, you know, and but it was extremely low. I've never heard anybody be able to reach that point with the vocal cords. Um, it was very low. And then I said, I actually asked, could I hear the sound of me? And I heard the sound, a very high pitched sound, not not extremely high pitched, but is, you know, a much higher than that sound. And it's probably like a sound and uh it was probably the next day i was laying there and i started hearing this sound of myself and then i started recalling that i had a a beard and i didn't have a beard at the time and i started think thinking about how i was in a bus in a volkswagen bus and and i'm like i'm not in a volkswagen bus and I started realizing as I started inquiring with this uh, that all of a sudden I was remembering that, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I died of a heart attack in my last life and I was traveling around the country and I was a, a kind of aged hippie, I guess, and uh, that my 
wife that I left behind is still alive in Washington State. And I started re having just vivid memories almost coming through. Wow. That's a, yeah. lot, of, that's a lot of detail, uh -huh. really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And who knows if it's true, you know? I could be, again, I have to trust this, you know, and that that's all I can do. I have no idea if it's real. So you I, just... I, you One day, I hope to make it to Washington and see if I can find this uh, yeah. wife. If you could substantiate that, that would be very interesting. Revolutionary, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've read a couple books where they did studies in, like, India, where yeah. they tried to find people and connect them together. That's a pretty cool idea. Go ahead. Oh. Well, we talking about, too, you know, kind of moving on... Uh, Something to very that uh, is very interesting that you, you know, recently you participated. In, you say participated in recognition of your birth, and your conception, yes. and nirvana, the indescribable light. And you were given an opportunity. You said to leave your body behind, but you didn't take that. Uh, yeah. What what happened there? Well, I just got back from a healing retreat in Costa Rica, and. We did this thing called hypertropic breathing, where it's quickly breathing in and uh, just letting your air, the air come out naturally. And we did this several times. I didn't have, I did have some pretty awesome releases and and healings then, but then when I came home and I, I uh, we we got to another place, another a new room, a new apartment, and I'm right here in the the vicinity of Bell Rock, if you know Sedona, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And the it's a vortex here and the energy of it and I think that has a part of it. And I happen to have a uh what was it, a edible uh, caramel marijuana. And the experience that came from that I I decided to sit down and go into meditation. And I have learned how to induce this theta brainwave. And when I started to go into that place where, you know, you think you start spinning a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it was uncontrollable, like to a point of laughter almost, where I had to lay down. And my partner, Zoe, uh, I had her hold me. And on the to step back for a minute, the holotropic breathing, the last one, I was told to embrace the cold. So I embraced the cold in this experience. Embrace the cold. Yeah, like just accept it because I, I hate the cold, and okay. you're gonna, we're gonna realize why. As in the feeling of cold. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I, I was laying there, uh, practically naked, and. I had her hold me as if I was a baby. And this just, I, the details are very, very faint. But what I remember in my experience of it was just extreme joy to a point where I literally could barely, I couldn't talk, I couldn't open my eyes. I, I believe my eyes were rolled up back in my head. And I was shaking in a way and my recognition I went back and normally you know I I remember thinking about being a baby and I'm like thinking just looking at a baby but this 
I, I remember not being able to open my eyes uh, and just the uncontrollable joy. It was so intense. And I remember being held by my mother and I rem- it, it, just like I was in that experience. Then I remembered uh, like it was just feelings, like feelings of actually being birthed. Uh, I was taken out of the womb upside down and I was, uh, what's the word? Um, it was a C-section, so I, yeah. you know, it was a little early and I w- was unprepared for it. And it actually went backwards to then, it was almost like time was going backwards and I went back into the womb and I remember being in the nice, warm, slushy, something feeling. And the joy was still continuous. I mean, it was it was so profound and uncontrollable. I was, I could not, really move on my own i remember saying things like it's okay to zoe and in case she thought you know maybe i was maybe she knew i was dying or something but she didn't she told me after she thought i was just having a blast because i was laughing so much and at that point i i realized this light that was just not even understood as lights but that's the only word to describe it and it was the essence of that pure joy and it was right there and it was all that was and it was all that is in that moment that's all there was to me and it was so profound and I I experienced this some sort of essence around me as Zoe was coming in and out of fluttering out of existence to me and she would pop in saying it's okay every now and then it's okay and this other on the other side of me there was this essence that gave me the choice and you got to you got to understand too i was i've been trying to have this choice i've been trying to eliminate this idea of the world i've been trying to leave this planet um in one way or another and not gotcha. not by the suicide because i understand that suicide would just you know, I'm trying to ascend somehow or something. Sure. And I, I, can't, I was given... Oh, sorry. What was I can't it? help but uh, keep thinking about the caramel edible marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds pretty great. Yeah, and it was just a, you know, normal marijuana edible and just a simple little one. And it really, it could not have been just that uh, or from that. Um because I've had them since, and I've had them before, and there was never an experience like this. Right. But I start. I did. This essence gave me a choice of leaving or not, and it was not in words. It was not in thoughts. It was just like a knowledge, like I just knew. And the thoughts of Zoe on one side that were coming in, and then this essence on the other, and it. I all of a sudden was overwhelmed with a little bit of fear and this fear was about being conveyed improperly and not fulfilling my purpose uh, and I, I related it to conveying my spiritual experiences and helping people find their own understanding of God or the universe or whatever it might be and and so I decided to come back and it was really out of fear I didn't know I was still afraid 
and there was that little it, it was definitely I, I have a purpose here and right. and that's when I started writing people and writing you guys and and saying hey I'd like to be on the show and see what happens right it, it's really good that uh, you get that message out because you know I, I believe in uh, that's a really great sentence there about uh, letting people meet God or uh, get their own understanding of God, their own personal yeah. truth, yeah. Uh, their own way, you know, and not be too, it's okay to read, it's okay to research, but not be too limited by um, those things, you know, books, media, whatever, but to yeah. kind of accept and, and learn your own personal truth, your own way, and, and showing them how to do that. That's, that's yeah, great, perfect. so I give you praise. And for I, I am a strong believer in that, that I am not unique in any way in this fashion. I feel like if I might be unique, it would be in dedication and determination. Um, I believe everybody can communicate with whatever we call God, whatever that essence is, and we can all have out-of-body experiences, and we can all heal, and you know, we're, we're all made to do this in our own unique fashion. I mean, you guys having this show, you're reaching people that you know most people could never reach, and just to expand people's minds on such wonderful subjects and metaphysics. Thank you. I, yeah, I thank you guys for that. You got something? Well, I, was, I wanted to talk about too about you know about the but the, the channeling experience, and I think you're saying that that's kind of more of a recent thing. Yeah. Uh, what's uh? I mean, what what's happening in uh, in that in that aspect? Hmm. Well, I'm still in the process of actually learning how to channel clearly, mm-hmm. uh, at least this essence that has been coming to me. Um, there has been times where I've channeled spirits and there's been... But this essence is very profound in a way where if I'm not prepared for it, I, I almost can't, like, can't find it. Like it's like a meditating all day, kind of fasting all day kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> and um, there were, I was in my last 10-day meditation course. I came back and I started channeling what I, I understood as what God was. And it just started, instead of little quotes or just thoughts or questions, it was like a clear essence. Oh, sorry. It was like a, you know, a clear stream. And I recorded a little bit of it, and uh, it, I, I actually asked what it was, and I said, well, the only name I would be willing to pick is Zeus. <laughs> because, uh, and it explained to me that the only reason it would go by Zeus is because it's the only uh, idea of God that I personally, Devin, knows about uh, that Devin does not believe in, <laughs> you know? Hmm. Like, Devin thinks okay. Zeus is just a made-up story, and that's kind of why it, would, it was picked somehow. Because hmm. I personally, you know, in my understanding and what I've experienced, God is within me, you know. God is behind this, what we would call an ego, behind this idea, this essence of Devin, this idea of fear and this communicator, this speaking right now to you is of course Devin experiencing what God would be and God is right there within all of us not just joining us together but we are one I mean we are literally the same identity 
that is coming together, that is learning how to heal, that it has a passion for things, and we're driving this so-called history to a future. And we... Okay, wow. Uh, tell, us, tell us about your, your work with vibrations, uh, raising vibrational levels. Uh, is that something you tap into during meditation? And uh, Tell us about it. Now, specifically, I wouldn't say I actually try to raise vibrational level. Um, it's more like I, I would attempt to just focus, and it naturally happens. Um, this essence that we actually think we are, okay, so this body, vibrates as in energy in this world, but there is an essence that you are that actually gives you life, and this is what I would call God within you, the, or love, some people call it. And this naturally vibrates at, at an extremely high level. But we have this idea about ourselves when we are born or some point along our timeline that we are a body and that we are low vibrations. And, you know, you hear this in the Bible and stuff where they say the fall of man and the fall of Adam. And... Uh, as if it actually happened. But in my understanding or awakening in this, as long as I am willing to let go of my own personal ideas and to put them down, if I'm, al if I'm able to quiet my mind and put them aside, then it will open up to allowing that love to vibrate at its higher essence. So as far as actually bringing yourself up to a higher vibration, you actually want to put yourself down and vibrate normally where you are actually at right now, which is kind of interesting. Um, but definitely with objects and with things and with people, we can, with Reiki and meditation and, and focusing, we can bring you to a, a vibrational state to allow things like out-of-body experiences to happen a little more naturally, a little more often. Right. What this channeling thing has been coming to me and explaining the dimensional realities to me was that actually the soul is the second dimension. And you have a soul in the body, and the third dimension, of course, being the body. And the mind is actually time, which is the fourth dimension. And that's why there's memory and holding it all together this essence of the second dimension which is what we would know as love according to energy and the it's like the blueprint of the third dimension so you can manipulate the blueprint and then the third dimensional reality will actually change and that's what you hear about manifestors and and that who can make things appear in their hands and things like that uh, they have raised the vibration of their blueprint which is the second dimension so that the third dimension corresponds and correlates with it which is kind of fantastic really that's interesting what you just said uh have you ever experienced someone materializing something like that uh you know i i don't believe i have no i i there seems like there was an experience with dust but it it's not factual and i don't know for sure if it actually happened okay yeah um, I have had experiences, uh, like I call flies, my, I, I call them angels. It's kind of my way of accept, accepting them flying around my head sometimes. 
and especially I, in Arizona, right? It's being optimistic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was out camping one time, and and my brother was there, and there was a bunch of flies all over the place, and I just put out my hands in kind of a bowl, like I was holding a bowl with both hands, and I thought about my hands. I just thought about the presence of my hands. And I opened my eyes and there was 20 flies on my hands. <laughs> and it's like, from that point, I'm like, oh, wow, these <laughs> these guys really understand energy or something. It was pretty cool. But I can't say I, I you know, manifest them. Let me ask you, Devin, um, uh, and I do want to ask you, one of the things we talk about, you know, we, we talked about ghosts and uh, yeah. We've had a lot of different um, uh, people on this show. A lot of different, as you know from listening to it, a lot of different points of view. And I just wanted to ask you. And you kind of said earlier when we were talking earlier when we were talking about um, just going with what that uh, that you're told that you you don't know if it's if it's entirely true. Um, just to to ask, do you uh, somehow sometimes feel like do you have doubts about maybe what you're channeling? Uh, do you think that the possibility that there could be um, something um, that's maybe not telling you the truth? Yeah, it does come up a lot, um, but it doesn't make me feel good, so I don't like believing in that stuff. Sure. Yeah, uh, like. <sighs> Yeah, I definitely doubt it often, and I. But then I notice that after I doubt, it usually closes, and it, it I find it harder to see. And I realize that my trust in it opens it, and allows it to be open. Like if I didn't trust in it, or just allow it to happen, then I close my mind. I close the experiences. I keep them from coming. And I, I want them. <laughs> I do. Okay. And I'm willing to be completely insane. I'm willing to go in a rubber room if I have to. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, if it's a loving essence, if it's um, an acceptable essence where it, it seems to be treating me okay and it seems to me that I feel good when I'm hearing it or being with it, then I, it, you know, I accept it. Right. If I if I don't feel good, I just pretty much ignore it, and I believe that is my way of blocking off any essence that would not be appropriate or you know a dark energy of some sort. Do you, have you ever had any um, experiences with anything that's dark? Well, there was an experience where dark in color. Uh, I would say I've seen a spirit that was like in a dark robe but I have no idea if it was evil or dark or anything because it was just standing there and it wouldn't respond to me in any way and it did give me it did frighten me and it scared me and and I let it go I have not looked for anything like that or yeah no sounds like a sounds like a like a shadow figure kind of thing yeah, that's that's exactly what it looked like. It, it you could barely see the detail of even having a hood on 
but you could tell it was a hood. Like, have, have you ever had any like um, alien abduction experiences or anything like that? I have not, unfortunately. Okay. I wish. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish for that too. I don't blame him. Yeah, it's true. Luke, Luke wants to be abducted by aliens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We were talking. We were talking too about uh, that. You wanted to mention something about the the nature of evil or the existence of evil. You said that you would uh, listened to one of our shows. Uh, which show was that yeah. that you had listened to? Um, oh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, it was it was some guy interviewing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how to tell you. You know, I don't know the name of it. Or it gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. But you were uh, talking uh, about the. You wanted to talk about kind of about like the yeah. existence of evil or the non-existence of evil. Yeah, I personally to jump right to the end and then tell you a little bit why. Uh, like I personally don't believe in evil. Uh, I realize that evil has just been an idea in my own mind, and that it was an expression of fear. And as I have worked on my training my mind to think of love opposed to think of being afraid, that no matter what is in confronted, no matter what I'm confronted with, uh, I see love instead. And I realize that when it is my perception that I have a choice to actually perceive my manifestations of reality the way I want to perceive them. There was an incident here when we were going to a drum circle one day, and uh, apparently the drum circle, it was too cold that night, and it's on Cathedral Rock, which is another vortex around here. And uh, there was two drunk guys that (laughs) we got interacting with, and I believe we pulled out a joint. I hope I can say all of that. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> We've talked about this kind of thing before. Yeah, okay. And it was quite a, a joyful experience, really, for me at the end. But uh, someone was saying that about being a shaman, and they were actually pretty funny. These guys were just joking about everything, and, and they went away for a little bit. And I was thinking how my life was so serious. I'm like, oh, man, I do not joke around enough. And because they were making me laugh and they came sure. back and, and I asked them I said so which one of you is a shaman and one of them turned to me and said and was starting to get upset saying he can never say he's a shaman or else he's not really a shaman but my friend here is a shaman and then that friend said oh I we can't he can't say he's a shaman I can't say I'm a shaman he's a shaman or something and and I'm like, so you're a shaman because you're saying you can't say you're a shaman? And he's like, I did not say I'm a shaman. And it, it escalated in the, this, you know, drunken rampage. <laughs> oh, Sounds like Luke's weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, Spot on. Yeah. The funnest thing about it is that I was in such a place where it was after this experience where I uh, came familiar and re- almost died whatever it was okay it it was after that experience and i was so firm in that that i knew my purpose you know i knew what i was here for and i knew my perceptions uh determine my reality 
And I did not realize these guys were coming after me trying to beat me up. I did not know it mm. until my, my partner, Zoe, uh, stepped in front of them and, and was like, hey, you guys, you know, cool down and everything. And I, I just realized then these guys are coming after me and they want to, they're threatening me and want to kill me. I did not know. And wow. it was really strange. And I just literally stood there and said, I have nothing to defend. I do not fear death. I am, I'm not afraid of what you have to offer because I do not accept. I accept this situation as love. And it went off well because, I mean, we left there and it was just fine. And at one time, uh, one part of that, the, the guy tried to grab my hat off my head. And next thing I know, I had him on the ground. And I didn't, it was like a blink a blink of an eye I had him on the ground it's like some essence was doing it for me or something it's pretty profound so I was saying wow. with that that is I chose to see love instead of fear and so I wasn't afraid at all and it turned out well if you don't mind talking about it on the show uh, what all types of uh, psychoactive drugs or uh, anything else for that matter have you experimented with yeah. Yeah, the only thing I've actually done was uh, shrooms about a year ago. Okay. Yeah, and uh, marijuana has been a part of my life for about a year, maybe over a year. And uh, yeah, it's all kind of new stuff and opening up new uh, ventures of life for me. Uh, I well, I guess I did. I tried a tiny little bit of LSD once, and just recently actually and it, you know I didn't trip out too much and I, I oh that show I remember hearing you uh, say that you thought of marijuana as a hallucinogen and I do completely agree mm -hmm. uh, because I mean just last night I was talking to a friend of mine and my partner Zoe and we were stoned as hell and I was seeing their third eyes so profound literally it looks like an eyeball it was pretty amazing. Uh, my yeah, my eye of knowledge. Yeah, what was that? That I uh, <coughs> Luke's I, eye of knowledge. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I went into a lot of detail in, no, in that episode, it. but uh, so I had smoked a lot of weed, um, <laughs> about about five six bowls in a roll, just one consecutively, one after another, and uh, I could no longer handle the the company that I was around, so I had to go up to the bedroom by myself, you know, and just lay down. Because, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I left all of the uh, people downstairs because I, I noticed, and this is important, that a lot of other people don't have the same kind of experience. Like most, your average person who doesn't really, you know, think outside of the box most of the time seems to just kind of, uh, you know, get into this slump whenever they start smoking. But, uh, you know, I get excited and I... I get all this information, like you were saying, coming in from all angles, and I'm trying to interpret it and everything, and I could no longer handle the company of the people I was hanging out with, so nice. I went up, I went upstairs to be by myself, and uh, I remember putting my hands over my head and, like, and made an eyeball shape where my head would be the iris, and uh, I was holding my arms in that position and, like, looking around the room, and I, it, I was just seeing and taking in information. <laughs> that way. Cool. You sure it's not the eye of Sauron? <laughs> that, that's kind of what it made me think of, yeah. 
All but, seeing Illuminati eye. Yeah. Yeah. That eye of Ra, isn't it? Right. How how are you holding your hands like <clears throat> if, like if a you, triangle? If you, uh, if you put one hand flat on top of the other and hold it about uh, four or five inches above your head, it kind of turns. Your, if you look at it, if like if you looked at a shadow of yourself, it would look like an eyeball. The upper top oh. of your body after you do that. I'm trying to do it now. And <laughs> this, is, this is this is good radio here, right? <laughs> well, I don't I don't know. For you know you know it's someone puts on someone puts on a uniform to become um, uh, whatever, become a worker, become a, tra- a trash worker, become uh-huh. a, a karate student, whatever. You put on that uniform so that you can better get into that mode. And I was using the eye of knowledge to try to in- interpret all of these patterns and colors and vivid uh, thoughts coming at me, you know. Yeah. Now I can't I that's I was just going to say that my uh that's the reason my hair is long is I feel like I'm putting it in the the part while I was following what I say is guidance, I follow guidance and that intuitive voice inside me and uh it guided me to grow my hair out and you know start dressing a little more hippie like I guess. And so I'm putting on the uniform, I guess you can say. Mm. <laughs> because you kind of you kind of emulate I mean, everybody emulates all throughout life because we all um, imitate. You know, we we grow up imitating. That's how we learn language and everything else. And yeah. when you when you try to emulate something, you take on all of the aspects of that particular character. Yeah. Yeah. You're really bringing it out of Luke tonight. He's usually not this profound. <laughs> well, you know. There's like an endless amount of things to talk about. I mean, we can do this all night and all day. Yeah, true. And it, and we'll have to have you back on again. Hey, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, too, um, you know, about our show. Uh, and I don't know if you're, you know, into psych- psychic or telling the future, but you see anything good for us? <laughs> uh, you might need to get a little there. more specific because it's pretty general and broad. Oh uh, well, I mean, like general success or anything, just like reaching more people or yeah. He's trying. He's trying to say how oh, you yeah. feel about the show. And yeah. yeah, like when you you mentioned in the chat or something about uh, listeners and and yeah, at that moment I did see that, and I believe I said it to you that if you stick with it, I could I see that. Uh, yeah. It's going to grow. It's definitely going to grow. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, just take what you learn every time, and, and I do see quite a few more listeners. <laughs> uh, I actually I had a podcast of, yeah. when I was going through A Course in Miracles, and uh, I got over 20,000 downloads a week. So wow. It's, nice. You can, I don't know where you guys are at. Yeah, we're not sure quite at that there. level. <laughs> Getting there. Yeah, we may get there. Yeah. But I, I wanted to ask you too, Devin, um, you know, about your, you know, you grew up Mormon. And I kind of wanted to get your perspective on who you think, um, who, you, who you think Jesus Christ was. Okay. Yeah. I currently am in a place where I think of Jesus as a, he was a man, just like you are a man and I'm a man. And 
uh, I found that he discovered himself, <laughs> not in the same way I did when I was 12, maybe, but he, uh, he went through an enlightenment process, and he discovered spirit and also discovered, you know, who he actually was. And I feel like, speaking of the ten dimensions, that he did come into a place where he realized full divine realization and that he was God, embodiment of God, and he was the body of Christ, as you would call it, and that we are all actually one. And I feel that there was a lot of misunderstanding and misinterpretation of who he was. Um, so I think of him, and the best way I would describe him is a symbol. Not that he doesn't exist, but I think of him as a symbol of who I am to become, and who I will be someday. Uh, just like I think of the Buddha, and like I think of you, and that we are all actually this one essence inside all of us together. And, and if you know anything about the ten dimensions, the fifth dimension, as you would ascend into the fifth dimension, it's the joining of all mind, and that you realize that we are all one, and really experience it on a daily basis and the time is collapsed in a way where you think of any body and you are that body and you can literally go back and experience the life of Jesus and we can all see it for ourselves and experience it for ourselves as far as if he is our savior and uh, the savior of the world I do believe that he is the savior of the world I do not believe he is the only savior of the world I do believe that he is here to teach us the way and to show us the way, as well as the Buddha, as well as Krishna, as well as Ra, and as well as Allah. I believe that everybody has an essence that can bring us closer to God, and we all have cultures that we are raised in, and so we all need it in our own fashion. Uh, just like a lot of Westerners could not understand the practice of Hinduism and everything, but <laughs> just like how the Indians can't understand the, the way we do things over here, you know, it's like the same thing. We need our cultures and we need it explained in our unique fashion. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're all here to do. And I feel Jesus was one of those to explain it in a certain way. And I, I honestly believe everybody is a savior that we all show each other our perceptions of fear and our perceptions of love. And we can choose to see love. And if we do that, we are saved. We choose to see love in everything we do. Right on. Yeah. Devin, I want to ask you, what's, uh, what's next for you? What, do you um, what are you planning on doing? What's, uh, is there anything that you're going to be writing or, um, or getting into next? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have been traveling around for the past two years, or okay. almost, I think it's almost four years. I've lost count. And uh, so I do consider myself still traveling, even though I was just in Hawaii for eight months, and now we're here in Sedona for eight months now, and we're about to leave. I am currently writing two books, that one channeling book, and the other is more intuitive. Uh, and that goes in correlation with the uh, lessons of A Course in Miracles and to help bring about 
what I have experienced. I'm trying to, you know, if you were to read it, I'm trying to help you do what I did to bring about the experiences that I have had. Because as I have had them, I desire to share them with everyone I possibly can. And these experiences are not just for me. <laughs> and I, as far as where I'm going next or where uh, we are going next, I do not completely know. Uh, and as far as in the further future, I had a vision, if you would like to call it that, um, of a of winning a very large sum of money, uh, $22 million, it said, and that I, what I would do with it is start a community, a very large self-sustained community, uh, housing 300 to 600 people. And that's, that is a goal I still have, if I want to say it's a goal, but it's more like I'm trusting that it's happening. So I have my lottery ticket and waiting for it to come. <laughs> if that ever happens, definitely get in touch with me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be one of the uh, yeah, tenants. Luke wants to go live there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so do I. So it's all good. <laughs> Someday. Well, absolutely. Well, Devin, I mean, you've been an excellent guest. I think that we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate you, you know, listening to the show and, um, you know, I value your feedback as a listener and I also, you know, value you for coming on to this show. Uh, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me and I did enjoy it myself. So. Excellent. Well, we're going to close out here, but uh, stay on the line for us. All right. And uh, we'll be right back on Conspiranormal. Okay. What's up, folks? We're back on Conspiranormal. What did you What do you have to say, Adam? Well, I was impressed by the interview. He's a very well-spoken guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can't say that I agree too much with a lot of stuff that he uh, says. Naturally, but I mean, it's as we do here on this show. You know. We let the guests talk. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Either it's a, you know, really an alternative Christian person or somebody like Devin mm-hmm. who, you know, is into all kind of like what we would call New Age. Yeah. And, yeah, well, you, well, he, you know, he had, he, had some, he had some interesting ideas. You kind of carried that interview a little more, which I was impressed. You made some profound statements. That's because that's my type of guest. I mean, that's right. on my sp- right. part of the spectrum. You yeah. Know? But, um uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I, I'd consider him more of like a spiritualist rather than a new ager because sure. a new ager would start make making mention of things from Zachariah Zitchin and you know. And, well, I and, think that's and, the kind of new ager you know, but yeah. Well, well, but that's I see that's common though. I mean, yeah. like a lot of new agers I've met have pulled a lot from Zachariah Zitchin stuff and uh, uh, other other like cult stuff like the sure. uh, Ashtar Command and all. Yeah, that. Ashtar Command. Right. That's, well, Okay, I was trying, you know, I wanted to find out some of the things that he felt about some of our other guests, like, say, Russ Dizdar, Chris Putnam, mm-hmm. uh, even Dot Markey, some of these other, you know, the, the Christian guests that we've had on. I kind of wanted to get some, some insight of what, you know, what he had, what he had listened to as a, as a li- listener to the show. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
I also wanted to find out too, you know, whether he ever had any doubts in his mind, and he seemed to have some doubts as to whether what he was what he was being given right. was true. And, and yeah, by this, yeah, by channeling this this Zeus uh, essence, as he described it, uh-huh. that was the words he used. Um, and I did find it interesting that he did say about a figure in a black robe. Uh, he's talking about opening doors and opening portals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are things that I've read and understood. That I, I really just think that a lot of this stuff, and this is my personal opinion, is I think it's it's a trickster and yeah. demonic in nature. Right. I think it's to lead people astray. Right. Well, uh, and being Mormon, Mormonism is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bizarreness in Mormonism too. Mormonism is almost like it is almost like a, a, an amalgamation of Freemasonry and evangelical Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. There's a lot of Freemasonic, uh, Gnostic things in um, Mormonism. Mm-hmm. You know, which in Mormonism, like you die, and then eventually. Uh, probably through that ten dimension process that he was talking about, and that was all coming from Mormonism. Yeah, right, that's that's like a list of doctrines, really. What it yeah. Like. So, you, eventually, you become the god of your own planet. So he still is kind of drawing a little bit from, from that, the faith yeah. that he grew up in. Right. That you know, eventually, you become you become god. You know, this is something that I've heard many, many times that stems from ancient Gnosticism of this idea that there's an elect, that they um, that they rule because they basically have the hidden knowledge and that they basically have the knowledge that God you know, Jesus is, you can be just like Jesus Christ himself yeah. I think uh, that may be putting a little bit too much thought into it. If you break it down to more of a just a simpler form, you know, from Carmel from probably from his perspective, yeah, he said he told you he's only been experimenting right. with all of that for about sure. a year. But uh, uh man, what was I gonna say? <laughs> totally, I, I lost it. I get off. I get off. Tro- I get off topic. It's okay. That happens. But yeah, so I was trying to just, and I wanted to get his. I did want to get his opinion. Of what he felt that that Jesus was, and it's pretty much kind of the straight line. It's not just New Age, but it's that's also all like uh, all from ancient Gnosticism, which yeah. was an ancient Christian heresy. As I just described it, you could not only did you, did you have a salvation in Jesus Christ, but you could find Jesus. Uh, you could become like him. Yeah, I, and I, so this yeah, idea, I this idea that man can become God, yeah, is kind of that's the Luciferian doctrine that man is, uh, and, and I don't view the world in that way. Yeah. I don't see that man can become God because right. every time man has tried to elevate himself above God, it's usually not worked out very well. Yeah, I see what you're saying. The human nature, if we didn't have our own human nature, we would never... We, we probably could do it, but because we are humans and we have human nature, there's no way we possibly could 
could become like God. There's no way we could do it. Yeah. Which this is kind of going to go into some of the stuff that we're going to talk about with Scotty Roberts next week, which I think is going to be interesting. Okay, so you were saying a minute ago about uh, how you think that uh, visions and uh, trusting, you know, those voices and intuitions and stuff could be tricksters. And he's trying to say that uh, he, he trusts them because the... Uh, the spirit's a good judge of character yeah. in, in that you either get negative emotions and fear, and he's talking about fear is is one of his biggest enemies, and it's it's true, you know, like you if you you've got these rules, you know, you've got these limitations on yourself, and you don't know everything about it. If you're ignorant of a limitation, you're going to have fear of it, and that fear is going to come off to you negatively whenever you go into some kind of trance either drugs meditation or whatever that fear is going to come back at you and that yeah. that is the worst enemy well i think even if i wasn't a christian i would and even i would say that how exactly do you know what is talking to you is actually what it's saying it is how do you know because how, how is there how is there a way how is there really a way to test that? You, you don't. You you take you, you take things from it that would be a lesson in improving yourself. And if you don't get that, then it's you know I guess it's not worth your worth your time to invest in talking to you know say it's like a spirit channel or something. Then don't don't invest time in it. If it's not helping you ascend, it's not helping you improve in some way. Then then get rid of it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like if you if you ascend. See, I, but the, to me, I just I can't. I, I, I just don't because because I came from a place where I used to believe a lot of this kind of stuff. You know, I used to believe all this, uh, not necessarily in the way that he does. You know, I never got that deep into it, but it. I don't know. Maybe I'm not expressing myself clearly. I just, I just feel like that you know, from everything that I have read and the experiences that I have seen, that not all the time. Well, like for instance, he wanted asked him about the alien abduction thing, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh no, I, you know, unfortunately no. I wish I had." Mm-hmm. Which you responded that you wished you had too. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, that's what I would love to happen to me. I'd love, like, the little, like, you know, grotesque-looking guy to take me out of my bed at night and, and, but, and, and, and anal probe me. But I, I mean, that's just, that's a wonderful experience. Automatically, you know, <laughs> we're, automatically, where does that information come from, you know? Like, some, some people may have said that, but what's to say that they weren't just having a nightmare? And, and what's to say that if you do get abducted, then they're actually friendly? Yeah, and see, that's, it's, it's and all debatable. Exactly, it's right. all debatable, and unless you can show solid proof to everybody, then you can, all you have really to rely yeah. on is your own emotions and stuff, and your own intuition. Yeah. I mean, more power to him. I think he was a great guest. Uh, I was really happy to have him on. He's a super nice guy. I mean, you can definitely tell that. Mm. You know, his story about... Uh, uh, the two drunk guys and almost getting into a fight. Yeah, it, it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like the drunk guys. Uh, the way I heard that, it sounds like the drunk yeah. guys were on some something making them aggressive. 
like some kind of drug that was making them aggressive yeah. because he didn't say it. You know, you got to have a motive to go it, when you go and mess you, with somebody. Yeah, when you get into a fight, you know that you're going to get hurt, so you got to have something to gain out of it. You're not just going to go uh, try to beat somebody up for no reason at all. Right. It's got to even if it's just a boost to your ego or something. So I guess those guys are on some kind of drugs. Or, yeah, I think all the things that we're talking about tonight, you know, I think a lot of it, like, we would have to do, like, a five-hour podcast for me to explain my point of view. Yeah, and, and I, probably I, you would have to do the same thing. I, under, I understand so, your point of view, yeah, I yeah, understand it. And that's the dynamic, that's that's the dynamic of the show, and I think it showed up really well tonight. Mm-hmm. And I have actually booked two more guests. Um, next week we have Scotty Roberts coming back. Which you know, remember he talked about the Nephilim, and we, we we talked about a lot of different things about the Watchers and the Fallen Angels. He has a book out about the Reptilians, the secret history of the Reptilians, which he doesn't believe the whole David Icke thing. So we're not going to be channeling any Reptilians or speaking Reptilian language or anything like that. So, uh, and the and uh, two weeks from that date, we have on Adam Ellenboss who I think you would be particularly interested in because he's going to talk about his experiences with ayahuasca. Ooh. <coughs> Which is something I did not ask Devin about, but you kind of yeah. indirectly asked him. And right. You know that he probably hasn't taken that. Right, yeah. Okay. So I think that that will be an interesting... You know, I just want to get on... We're going to get on a few other points of view than what mm-hmm. we have been getting on. Right. You know? That's good. And uh, eventually I'll get Dr. Future in here to set us all straight. Okay. So. <laughs> he can I'll try. Bring, I'll bring God Malone back for you. He like. can try. <laughs> and he can fail. He's the one that would make, made you want to take ayahuasca. I know. He's the one that got me interested in <laughs> Inadvertently. Oh, by the way, how's the uh, how's the uh, occult uh, coming? The, uh, the, um, the rituals? I have... I have ordered some things. Ordered like a, a new tie or something like that? No, some some candles. <laughs> but um, Order some candles, man. Aromatherapy. But I I've been giving it a lot of thought and I'm I'm trying to um take in some kind of influence that would let let me know the best method to uh to get my uh, task done. Yeah. And so far it's been uh I don't think it hurts to talk about this because, you know, it was, it was interesting earlier he was mentioning the secrecy, the, the shaman thing, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I, I was thinking about using an idol. We'll see how that works, you know, putting some blood on it, whatever. Oh, no, just briefly, <laughs> Luke, just kind of interview you for a second before we go. What are your feelings about the occult? I mean, do you, you you don't? I know you don't necessarily see it as a as a bad thing. You no, know, it's kind of you feel like it's gotten a lot of bad rep for like Hollywood. Like we were talking yeah, about the yeah. movie Sinister, exactly. Yeah, and everything's like kind of a cult oriented. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, you just feel like it's just a system of beliefs and just whatever you put into that, it. That's what it is, and it's not really. Well, I'm okay. The people who have made advancements in occultism and have books out, like you know, Aleister Crowley, Franz Barton, Lithius, Levi, uh, all of those, they they've all been there, done that. You know, they've they've got all of these like coded systems of language and everything. You know, they're just, they're just masters of occultism. All that information they've obtained. You know, the same way me and the guest tonight are talking about. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, they're more inept than us. They're 
been doing it their whole life and experimenting so, all you would be more adept than them oh, oh right I used it wrong yeah, I used that wrong, used the word wrong. Ad- yeah. adept adept there yeah. you go that's what I meant yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I know I know that using a negative influence like I'm trying to do is it could backfire on me. I know that, but just like I told my girlfriend, I'm willing to take that chance just so that I can get a real reaction from it. You know, and if it actually succeeds, like I'll I'll just I'll be thrilled. Like wow, like, I actually did that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm manipulated. Uh, whatever it takes on in the other dimensions on the other side to do harm on this person and it worked you know uh, and I want you to know too I mean uh, you, you, it's not just like Christian literature where they talk about how like somebody was messing with the occult and it was bringing bad things into their life I've heard people from you know secular all walks of life that have been like you know I messed with bad stuff and then all of a sudden this was happening to me and I keep hearing that too but I, I think that I don't think you've. Ex- I, don't, I just don't think you've experienced. No, it I haven't. So, so automatically that makes me. A I skeptic think you of, want to. I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm trying to say here. It, I said even if something negative happens, and say you know by some far chance I get possessed or something yeah. like that. Well, awesome. You know, finally it's been proven that I can actually affect things in the other world, and this isn't just a state of mind. So if you come to work with your head spinning, total 360 degree. Yeah. Throwing up pea soup. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, you know that uh, something went wrong, but uh, horribly wrong. I, but I keep—I've said this before too. I keep hearing all these people all over the place. Oh, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. You, uh, you know, they have fear of it. They have fear of what they don't understand. I'm, and then I ask them. I'm like, well, yeah. have you ever tried any of this yourself? Do you know anybody that's tried any of this yourself? Well, no, but I've heard stories. Exactly, you heard stories. Well. Here's what I'm going to say. You are the type of person that I think has to experience it for himself. Mm-hmm. And that's whether either good or bad. There's, like, you're not going to be convinced by anybody else's story. Exactly. Now, all the people that I've brought in, in here talk about all the stuff. It, it doesn't matter. You, you, it's, just like, it's just a story it, to it, you. It, 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 it to doesn't me, matter. To me, that's enough. I don't know. Maybe I'm on a different wavelength, but to me, that's that's enough for me to say I don't want to mess with any of that stuff. If you if you if it's you, not necessarily the Hollywood stuff because I know what Hollywood does, right? You know, and, and if also if, if you take a particular occasion and you break it down into simpler forms, think about how many variables. Think about like if if someone is under the the influence of a substance or uh, there's just there's so many variables with. Possessions and and uh, you know like my grandma saying that uh, her brother died or something like that from messing with witchcraft. How did she know it's witchcraft? But she didn't even tell you what, right? Or she, she didn't she even did, tell you. Well, how. We didn't really have time to go into detail, but she just told. Yeah. She's like, "Don't mess around with that kind of stuff. You know, you need to stay away from it." And and you know, how do you know your brother? There's too many variables. You can't just blame it on that and say that's what happened. Yeah, he could have gotten in a knife fight. Exactly. Was that the result of him messing with occultism? That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, who knows? Who Who knows? knows? I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking that you know, you 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 got to. You're probably just you're the type of person. I got to see it. I got to experience it. Exactly. I got to experience it, good or bad. So let me ask you: If it does go bad, what are you going to think? 
Maybe that's just too hypothetical because you're not in that situation. If it does go bad, I'm going to use everything I know to try to do some protection and cleansing. You know, uh, protect with the athame or whatever. Do some WD-40. Draw some WD-40 to, to, you know, draw draw circles of protection around myself. Do some some, uh, visualization, you know, do whatever I can to try to get the negative influence out of my life or whatever. But I don't, you know... It will see if it comes to that. Whatever. I think you'll be going to church with me. <laughs> you wish. You wish. <laughs> well, all right, man. We're gonna we're gonna call it. Uh, Luke, thanks for coming out, and uh, we uh, we had a good guest on. And next mm-hmm. week we're gonna have Scotty Roberts on again. Talk about we're gonna talk about reptilians. Okay. We can hardly wait. <laughs> That would be good. Like the the reptilian that was in uh, Obama's uh, Secret Service. Did you see that video? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. It's just a guy that looks a little weird of the bald head, and people are saying he's a reptilian. He's an Anunnaki. My mom watched, made me watch David Icke, and that's all. It's I, true. That, that's it's all. Real. I, that's all I could take of the reptilians. <laughs> that's all I could handle. All right. Well, let's call it a night. Um, We'll take us out. Or join us next time for another. Oh, let me start that again. One, two, three. Producer Chris. Chris isn't here. All right. <laughs> join us next time on another episode of Conspiranormal.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.